Greetings, everybody. I am Pastor Jeremy, and it is Mental Health Awareness Month. And in acknowledgement of this month, I'm here with a very special St. Luke, who is a part of our uh, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee, but also uh, is a professional mental health counselor. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Rafa Gonzalez, and I'm a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida. Yes, sir. And so Rafa and I often have conversations about uh, art and literature, but also mental health. And I thought it would be great to chop it up with, with my brother here about uh, specifically why mental health awareness should mean so much to people of faith. And so uh, we just wanted to kind of volley back and forth. And I kind of just wanted to interview him to, to see what he had to say about some of these things. So I think that the first question we'll try and answer, or the first question I'll ask you, Rafa, is just that. Why should mental health awareness be important specifically to people of faith? Yeah, uh, to answer that, I'm going to scratch out the word should, but mm -hmm. okay. um, I would just say, why is mental health um, counsel, mental health awareness important to people of faith? And I think about when I work with people of faith, I, I always, uh, the theme that keeps coming up is how we are body, mind, and spirit. That kind of uh, theme comes across uh, multiple denominations that I work with. Uh, and people of faith always find that connecting that aspect of spirituality in mental health is like super important. And if you think about it, if we are um, body, mind, and soul, and it's all connected, mm -hmm. every time one of those three is affected, then it affects the other two. Yeah. So yeah. if you're having a physical illness, mm -hmm. your mental health is affected and you may even feel like your spiritual uh, mm -hmm. life is affected. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're having um, a dry season in your spiritual yeah. life, that may even affect your mental health and the way that you, the colors that you use to see the world and even your... Um, your physical health um so all those are so connected that you know you cannot just work with one without acknowledging the other two um, right. so I, as a person of faith that would be like one of the most important things that you're going to bring to therapy if you right. come to a therapist that allows right. that and by the way if you go to a therapist that is not a person of faith right. uh or does not have the same faith uh, as you uh, it is totally okay for you to bring faith as part of your um, healing process in therapy because it is part of your assets that allows you to move forward and heal. Uh, so just because you're, uh, you're a person of faith and you may, well, I may not have a therapist that is a person of faith, doesn't make it, um, doesn't exclude mm -hmm. uh, their ability to incorporate that in in the healing journey right um, listen that answer the question no for sure but and listening to you speak you talk about how if, if we're the tripod person if we're spirit mind and body right uh any kind of damage to one of those can affect the others and i think about a good friend of mine who a lot of her identity was wrapped up in being able to be there for other people Right, it was about the kindness she would be able to show to other people, about uh, running to help them get uh, projects done, or helping them pay their bills when they couldn't. Uh, and when she suffered an injury to her leg, she wasn't able to move around. Uh, she wasn't able to move around the way that she used to. And this 
started to this this she began to kind of question her identity and to feel like she wasn't worthy of love because she wasn't able to be there physically with people the way she had been. And so it, that's just an example of what you were talking about when you talk about how all three of those things kind of affect each other. So you want to, if it's just as important as keeping your body healthy, just as important as keeping your spirit healthy, right? By being in community and studying connection with God and all of that, uh, making sure that your mental health is in order is important as well. I'm curious, uh, in your experience and from your perspective, what are some of the reasons that some folks who could uh, benefit from meeting with a counselor or seeing a therapist uh, often neglect to do so? What are some of the barriers? What are some of the reasons that people, yeah. what are some of the barriers people can't control? And some, what are some of the barriers that people can control? And this is why Mental Health Awareness Month is so important because there are a lot of different barriers as, as many as personalities are there. Uh, so uh, there is, of course, the, you know, I don't know where to find it. I don't know where to go. And I think we can talk about that later. Uh, right. But just feeling like this is new to me. I don't know where to go to get help. I don't know who to ask. That could be a barrier. Um, shame about what I'm feeling. Okay, I don't want to be the only one who is experiencing this. There's a lot of stigma about uh, mental health. Yeah. and people may feel ashamed that they are feeling down or depressed or hopeless mm -hmm. and not want to bring that among people of faith, especially there mm -hmm. is uh, uh, this fear of bringing up to others in the same faith community about mental health issues or lack of uh, hope or our sadness or depression because a lot of time, we Christians have not done really good at meeting people where they are mm -hmm. and then try to push it away by saying, you just need to pray harder right. or you just need to have more faith, right. which one does not exclude the other. Right. And, right. and there is this stigma that if I have, if I'm struggling with some type of mental health issue, that bringing it up to my my community may yep. be met by uh, or with comments that negate my experience, right? And right. It, at times even make makes it more exacerbated. Yeah. Um, and then that shame that I don't want to look like I'm the only one who mm -hmm. is struggling. Uh, which I think I think Saint Luke's does a really good job at normalizing things. But a lot of times there's our own fear of being seen different than or other than, yeah. and we don't want to bring that up. Um, I There is this idea, like, for example, if you're, I don't know, if you're walking in your backyard and you step on a nail yeah, or you have diabetes, you have sure. this notion that, okay, this is something that I'm going to go to the doctor and I'm going to okay. get treated. And yeah. there is no shame on that. Mm -hmm. You know, you get it. You you go to a doctor. You go to people who have training, who yeah. God has put there to uh, have specific training and knowledge about the body and how the body works. Mm -hmm. So if we do that with our body, why is it that we don't do it with our mind? I think yeah. there is a uh, there's a, a stigma that 
Well, if it is mental, then it should just go on its own or I should be able to do something about it. But yeah, when someone has diabetes, you don't tell the person, just pray about it. And, and that's it. You know, of course you can pray about it. And of course you're going to have to change your diet and change your lifestyle and see a doctor. And and that's kind of a, that's a kind of a faith without works thing, isn't it? And so, yeah. and so what I hear you saying is the same thing with your mental health. And it's like when you find out that you, when you when you receive an unfavorable unfavorable diagnosis and your doctor says, all right, well, you need to make these health changes, right? You you don't expect to just pray and have the thing go away, right? And so what I hear you saying is that it's the same with our minds. Like uh, just because it's mental, just because it's not something that you can touch, right? Uh, uh, you can't just pray it away. It, it involves life changes. What What... Could you, for a second, Rafa, pretend that I am a person that has come to you and said, you know, I'm having a lot of anxiety and depression. And maybe I don't even use that terminology because sometimes we 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 don't know it, we don't know what to call it those things, right? But I'm I'm, I'm experiencing a lot of depression and anxiety, but I don't want to go through it to a therapist because I'm kind of ashamed that I'm even feeling these things. What what would you say to a person that came to you? uh as a professional uh as a professional mental health counselor if they said that to you yeah absolutely before i go there i just want to clarify that this is a role play and yes no for sure this is Ah! not therapy this is no 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 no. Um, i'm just just wondering how yeah absolutely absolutely respond to something yeah yeah yeah. um so the first thing i would do is we try to normalize that like you know this is i mean the symptoms that you're having are normal makes sense based on the circumstances that you're having kind of right. normalize the experience yeah. and then yeah. if we'll start working you i think you were going to ask a question about what kind of life changes we can make uh, that would be you know i will the way i will work especially with someone says that they are a person of faith, of faith i would try to incorporate you know body mind and soul mm-hmm. are there areas in your um physical life that may need to change uh, because there are a lot of benefits to exercise for example or walking 30 minutes a day uh, so something like that those changes do produce chemical changes in mm-hmm. your brain mm-hmm. so that there's also excess mental uh, health exercises that you may have to incorporate in your daily life like um mindfulness or deep breathing or even just uh, becoming aware of the thought processes in your mind and being able to uh, reframe them and if it's spirituality then also what is going on in your spiritual life Mm -hmm. Um, I I always think of this example um, working with someone who believes in the power of confession for example Mm -hmm. uh, that spiritual aspect of their faith has a lot of mental health benefits so just because that's part of your if that's part of your um journey and your spirituality that will immediately transform the way that you perceive what's happening in your your life so uh, without going too much into like doing a treatment plan or or something for someone it will be definitely important to normalize you expect to the therapist to normalize this experience for you and now there are different ways of doing therapy there are as many as there are personalities 
um, but you are you are going to expect to have some type of guidance and direction. Yeah, um, yeah. And and that is that is something that you know might be beneficial. So to to that idea, um, was you saying that there's tons of different methods of therapy there are tons of different therapists with who with different specialties and with different personalities truly so i'm curious for those people who really don't know where to start if someone is wanting to start a counseling relationship with a therapist what should be their first steps or what are some first steps that they can can take yeah so i would say first of all um if you have insurance Mm-hmm. You will check in with your insurance and to send you a list of therapies, or you can even go to psychologytoday.com mm-hmm. and look for therapies and you can narrow it down by insurance, by um, uh, issues, by uh, gender, by um, approach to therapy. You can read bios, things like that. Um if you don't have insurance, then there are options in the community that can provide sliding scale. Um, so those are a little bit more difficult to find, but finding uh, places where they can uh, accommodate to your income and whatnot. Uh, and if that's something that is not an issue for you, you say, you know, I can afford this. This is like important to me. And then definitely going to psychology today will be a good step. Uh, to find that there's another um, page that has a lot of insurance um, therapists. It's called Headway. And that, I don't know if we can probably put those links somewhere. But, probably. but those, I don't know if you are not. Yeah. So, yeah. so you can go there. But when you're looking for a therapist, it's important to know like, hey, there is, as we talked about, there's a lot of different uh, ways of approach or approaches to therapy. Yeah. Um, you want to make sure that your therapist at least specializes in the area that you're looking for now if you don't know what you're looking for then that's okay it's okay to meet with a therapist and say yeah i just want to have a therapy session or a session to see if we're a good fit yeah uh just like we would do if if we go to a doctor and he said you know we're gonna have to do surgery i'm like i need a second opinion that's okay you do we do that with doctors we can do that with therapists you may that's been a big part of my journey my personal journey with therapy is meeting with a therapist for two or three weeks and then saying, um, I appreciate uh, how you, I appreciate your style of therapy. It isn't what I'm looking for right now. I'm, I'm going to look elsewhere for care. And and I think that some t- folks that I've talked to have kind of met with a therapist and it wasn't exactly what they were looking for. They became discouraged and they kind of gave up on it altogether. So I appreciate you saying that and letting people know that it's okay. And it's actually probably a necessary part of the journey to maybe meet with a few different people to see who exactly speaks to yeah. what you're needing. Yeah. There is a big component that has to do with the healing process and is having that trust uh, and that relationship bond with your therapist. Mm-hmm. It's therapy is a little different than going to the doctor. You know, I'm not going to care. Um, much about what my doctor thinks when I'm going to have surgery. Um, But when we, when we're talking about therapy, that trust, that, that therapeutic alliance, therapeutic relationship is super important. And it, it, you know, the more you can feel that you can trust your therapist, the more you're going to engage in some of the changes that, that 
maybe suggested to you or homeworks or whatever if you like homework sure but there are different approaches and without making this into a uh counseling one-on-one and theories uh, I, I like to see these as we all speak kind of different languages mm-hmm. and we may be saying the same thing mm-hmm. but we may be using a different language that kind of doesn't connect with you sure. and if that's the case then another therapist may have a language that resonates better with you and we may be targeting the same area but using different tools that it's like a different language. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, one of the biggest um, indicators of, of success in therapy has to do with that therapeutic alliance. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're feeling a little apprehensive about meeting with a therapist for the first time, that's mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. That, that's normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember when I went to my first therapy session with my therapist, I was so nervous. I was like, I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I was like rambling most of the session. Yeah. But then I got used to it. I got comfortable and then made me feel more willing to open up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if I said this, if, if this goes with a previous question, but one of the ways in which we have learned that therapy works is by being able to read retail a story yeah in a yeah. safe environment yeah, yeah there are some changes in the brain uh-huh. that are happening um so sometimes it just needs to be a safe environment if you don't feel safe then that's okay we need to find a different therapist right. where you feel safe now right. this can also happen in in a church group in right. a community um where you feel safe and you're able to retell that but you may need someone who has a little more knowledge about how the brain works and how human behavior works that might be able to give you a little more feedback and and tools right. to continue uh, working in that area. Right. So, Rafa, I really appreciate you, man. I think that you are an extremely loving and caring and valuable member of our community, and I'm glad to be able to call you family. Um, before we end our interview, um, I do, I want to ask you, is there anything else just, just in your, (laughs) in your big therapist brain, is there, is there anything else that you want to communicate to us about the importance of mental health awareness? Yeah, I think when, when we're talking about people of faith, I think the most important thing is to know that just because you're having a therapist, you're going to therapy, uh, does not mean that you're broken. Okay. Does not mean that you have less faith than others. Um, does not mean that um, you are. You have to keep that part of you secret, or you you're less than. Sometimes. Yeah. And, and and this is we didn't talk about it, but I want to add this. Sometimes we experience circumstances in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pandemic was a huge one mm-hmm. that do change, like the, our ability to cope, our yeah. ability to deal with whatever is arising. Right, is not enough. 
Right. And sometimes it even our chemicals in the brain start changing. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you may need to see a psychiatrist as well mm. that may be able to prescribe medication that can help restore some of the balances in the chemicals in your brain so that you're able to even engage in therapy. That's mm. important because sometimes people try therapy and it's not working, mm. but sometimes they may need a little extra mm. and, and that may be medication. Just like you would take medication for diabetes or something right. like that, uh, right. you may need a little extra push and right. that's okay. There's no shame on that. Right. And I think society is doing a really good at normalizing that as a whole. Mm -hmm. um, now, I know there's even more stigma when it comes to taking medication. Sure. Just know that this is not something that you know, you have to have a conversation with a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But most of the research is showing that the best results sometimes come with combination of medication, psychotropics, yeah. and mental health services. Yeah. And sometimes your um, your mental health counseling may start giving you enough of a boost that you can stop the medication with right. the with the guidance of your doctor. Right. But that is something that not all the time that you go and get an evaluation for medication means that you're going to be taking medication for the rest of your life. Right. Sometimes right. it's just, I need this for this period, this season of my life until I get the necessary skills to be able to cope in a healthy way with right. whatever is arising in my life right, right now. Right, right, and right. then that's it. This is just a season. It yeah. doesn't mean that you have to be there forever. Yeah. That's such a good word, Rafa. I, I do think that that is a, a a big stumbling block for a lot of people. Um, and and what I hear you saying is it's about using the tools that will help you in the moment. You know what I'm saying? With the coaching of professionals that can really help guide you through those difficult times. Um, Rafa, I appreciate. I truly appreciate you so much, man. Anytime we get to talk, I feel like I learned something. You know, and so uh, I appreciate you, and I appreciate you all listening. I hope that you're well. God bless you.